the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Breaking news this hour at townhall.com. I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Chinese leader Xi Jinping is solidifying his power. China naming a close colleague of his as the country's next premier. Here's a BBC Stephen McDonald. The story of this Congress is the story of Xi Jinping shoring up his already considerable grip on power. And the latest step has been the appointment of the new premier. Many were surprised when Li Chiang was put into this number two position uh, in the Chinese government system. And that's because he was in charge in Shanghai during the disastrous COVID lockdown. That is BBC Stephen McDonald reporting. Regulators have seized the assets of one of Silicon Valley's top banks, marking the largest failure of a U.S. financial institution since the height of the financial crisis almost 15 years ago. Silicon Valley Bank was the nation's 16th largest bank. Representative Bill Hyzenga is leading the Republican attack against Democrats' environmental, social, and governance standards for investment fund managers. We know that the decisions that are being made uh, are by, are being driven for, for political reasons and for social reasons, uh, not for investment reasons. Congressman Hyzenga spoke to the Salem Radio Network this week. It's time once again to turn your clocks ahead by one hour. We get a report from correspondent Ron DeRockstra. You'll lose an hour of sleep for one night, but gain more daylight in the evening in the months ahead. The transition to daylight savings time is official at 2 a.m. local time Sunday until daylight saving time ends in the wee hours of November 5th. No time change is observed in Hawaii, most of Arizona, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, American Samoa, Guam, and the Northern Marianas. Rhonda Rockstra reporting. More of these stories at townhall.com. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. A sad end for an orca whale that lived her life in confinement. She was called the world's loneliest orca, and now she is dead after years of isolation at Marineland Theme Park in Canada. Kiska, the orca whale, was three years old when she was captured in 1979. She was later sold to Marineland, and since 2011, she's been alone in a cement tank. A confinement that studies say is torture to animals like whales and dolphins. A video of Kiska bashing her head into the wall in her enclosure went viral in 2021, with many calling on marine land to be shut down. The park has disabled the comments on their social media accounts. Tasha Stevens reporting. Two volcanoes on the same island in the Aleutian chain showing signs of unrest rocked by seismic activity, elevated earthquake activity at both Tanaga and Takawanga volcanoes on the uninhabited Tanaga Island kicked up on Friday. Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com. Lego says its profits increased 5% in 2022 compared to a year earlier. The Danish toy company said net profit rose to $2 billion. Sales were up 12% while revenue grew 17%. CEO Niels Christensen called 2022 a milestone year as the privately held company celebrated its 90th anniversary. 
With inflation growing, Christensen says Lego raised prices on about a quarter of its products. That's correspondent Jeremy House reporting. Time once again to turn those clocks ahead by one hour. You'll lose an hour of sleep for one night, but gain more daylight in the evening in the months to come. The transition to daylight saving time becomes official at 2 a.m. local time tomorrow morning. Until daylight saving time comes to an end, that will be on November 5th. No time change is observed in Hawaii and most of Arizona. More on these stories at townhall.com. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. Portions of I on Real Estate, sponsored by Hemp Leaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we have some really interesting breaking news from Canada. And basically, on January 1st, 2023, the Foreign Home Ownership Ban, formerly known as the Prohibitation of the Purchase of Residential Property by Non-Canadian Acts, went into effect in Canada. And on its face, the ban is simple. It's an effort to address the current housing crisis. The act prevents non-Canadians and corporations controlled by non-Canadians from purchasing residential property in Canada for two years. The idea is that this ban will prevent non-Canadians from buying homes, freeing up those properties to Canadians. But like many laws in Canada, the ban's rules, implications, and effects are more complicated than you may expect. And to talk about this, we have Kerry Gold, and Kerry has written a weekly column about real estate for Canada's biggest national newspaper, The Globe and Mail, since 2007. She's covered all angles of Vancouver's controversial housing market. Um, she's Her past life included 11 years as a music critic for Vancouver Daily Nas- Newspaper, and she's iconic. So, Kerry... The best person to talk about this is you. Why don't you tell us what's going on, what your, what your thoughts are about it, and do you think this will really work? Well, good morning, Dottie, um, and thank you. Uh, it's- Did I lose you? Okay, we just dropped uh, for some reason, but basically... Um, Canada has an affordability problem, and they're thinking that the foreigners have driven up prices. Um, and, of course, they have, just like the U.S. has, although we're getting a little bit more inventory than we had. Okay, so we're in the process of, I was just repeating what we were mm-hmm. talking about, Carrot. Um, yeah, I'm back. Yeah. So, yes. So why don't you tell us exactly why this has happened what, and what your thoughts on it and how it affects people that have homes in Canada and a lot of people that live upstate New York or have second homes there and things of that nature. So why don't you start from the beginning? Sure. Well, I'll put it in perspective for you. So um, in, according to census data, the median household income in Vancouver is around $90,000 Canadian. Our median home price for the entire region, metropolitan Vancouver, which is about two, more than 2 million people, is $1 million. Uh, if you look at the list of the most expensive properties or real estate markets in North America, we are number three on the list behind San Francisco and the Bay Area. And yet, if you look at income, we are way down the list on par with Kansas City, which whose metropolitan area has the same $90,000 a year income, which is in Canadian dollars, but their home prices are 260,000 median home price. So why is it that, you know, that makes sense. You know, there's a ratio yes. of home, home value to income about three, three to one here. It's 
you need 12 times the income to afford a house. So how did we get to that point all on our own? I mean, unless we're magical, uh, the money came from somewhere else. And so we've had this issue for, it's been going on for many years, especially in the last 10 years. It's driven prices up uh, to a point where locals are now facing, local income earners are facing an affordability crisis. Uh, Vancouver is probably, I call it a, a freak show because of the reason I just gave you, that our household incomes are completely decoupled from our housing market. And so we've got this huge affordability crisis. We have a lot of people investing in real estate. Real estate makes up like 30% of our GDP. It takes up, uh, you know, it's basically everything. Real estate is us. This is what we do. And yet Vancouver doesn't have head offices or a whole bunch of white-collar CEO jobs where people are making a half million a year. What we do have is real estate investment and speculation. And it has driven prices up, made the city unaffordable, I mean, I can give you an example. We have a very exclusive area that's very old, old money. And the houses are, you know, $5 million and up, maybe $20 million. <clears throat> it's called Shaughnessy. And uh, I was looking at some data. 16% of Shaughnessy is, is, po- is, is poor, is below the poverty line, uh, wow. according to the income tax that they're filing. So this is an issue. We call them satellite families. Uh, where somebody comes from, usually China, uh, the, the dad, the typical scenario is the dad will buy a huge mansion, the wife will get Canadian citizenship, live there with the kids, dad goes back to Beijing or wherever, and continues to make a really great lucrative income, pay income tax elsewhere, and meanwhile his family is enjoying you know, the health care and the amenities and the nice lifestyle of living in Vancouver. Well, so, Carrie, so in other words, in that scenario, the family is in, has a beautiful mansion or house in Canada. The mm-hmm. husband is working in China and not contributing any, they're not contributing any, ta- any uh, taxes to Canada. It's really going to China, right? I mean, it's just, in other words, they have this property, but they're not, paying taxes or anything to Canada. Is that, is that that's, my understanding that right? That's right. You, you, we have many instances where the person on title of a, say, a multi-million dollar home is declaring an income of around $40,000, and their, mm-hmm. their job is homemaker, or maybe they're a student. I mean, that happens a lot, too. Students come here, they, get, they buy these great big houses, they live in them, and I talk to people who, you know, quite a lonely existence, actually. He came here when he was 15, and he was alone. His family still stayed in China, and uh, he went to school here. But the thing is that it's driven up our, our property values, and, and also a lot of speculation. I mean, locals are speculating like crazy, too, and, and investment is, you know, something like one in five homeowners or something like that owns a second property. I mean, you know, the housing system, it's how you, it's how you build wealth, it's how you secure your future. But Absolutely. for that reason, it's, it's important that, you know, the younger generation gets into the market as well. It affects renters, rents go up when the housing market is unaffordable. And so it's, this is why we, the foreign buyer tax is kind of, the federal government is pretty late to the party. Um, <laughs> and it's only a two-year ban. And there's so many exemptions. If you're a student, you're exempt. You can still, a foreign student can buy property. If it's recreational, they can buy property. Um, if it's an apartment building, more than three units, you can buy it. So there's so many exemptions. I, uh, most people are calling it a political gesture more than any kind of effective tool to create affordable housing. When you say a political gesture, I I, I was talking to someone that I know uh, who lives in Canada and said the same thing that you're saying and said that really he thinks it's just a a government way of kind of looking like they're doing something, but he actually doesn't think that it really does much. No. And you'll often hear people say, oh, there's no foreign buying here. I mean, it's only 2 to 6% of the market. Right. that, that's if you look at people who do not hold a Canadian passport. And I, I gave you the example of the satellite family. That's why we can't talk about foreign buyers. We need to talk about foreign money. It's the 
inflow of foreign money into the market. And it's not just Vancouver. As you know, it's happened in markets around the world. There are some incredibly wealthy people from all sorts of different countries who've made a lot of money and they want to put it in real estate. And some markets are easier than others. In Canada, we have a phenomenon called snow washing, which is basically, you know, tax evasion, money laundering. We, we've made it so easy for people to hide behind shell companies. Uh, there was a story in the paper the other day of somebody running an illegal bank, underground bank, you know, giving out loans at tremendous rates. Um, we've had uh, casinos where people have showed up with hockey bags filled with cash. <laughs> like, why would you need to go to a casino with a hockey bag filled with cash? Um, it's kind of, yeah, somebody wrote a book about about money laundering in Canada. It is a huge problem. And right now we've also got an investigation. Well, there might be. We, we don't know if it'll happen. But there was a whistleblower at our intelligence uh, agency who uh, who revealed that the last two federal elections had a lot of uh, interference by the Chinese government, and so that they wanted the liberals to win, and the liberals won, and now you know people are calling for an investigation because you know you know so it's creating a problem. Canada is actually. I mean, you, uh, the, the Americans have done a much better job when it comes to housing. It seems to me, just as an outside observer, but it seems uh, that your regulations are actually better than ours. Well, yeah, they probably are, but I do remember going back, I, I want to say pre-pandemic, because during the pandemic, you know, people really couldn't leave and buy property. But pre-pandemic, people would come to me in New York City and say, ah, oh, get me a Chinese buyer, they're going to bring a suitcase of cash and they're going to spend and, and they're going to spend all this money and they'll overpay and they'll pay more money because they just want to get money out of out of their country and get it here um and then of course many people had students that went to schools in 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 the US or New York and obviously bought properties um but as much as that happened it wasn't enough foreigners that it really offset the market. I mean, I think it was totally exaggerated. It wasn't, it was, there was a good amount of money, but not that it hurt the market. There was enough people that lived in the USA that bought in New York. So we didn't really have that problem. How do you think, uh, how do you think this, I mean, I guess this has evolved over years and this is based to, I think what we're all experiencing because the U.S. is experiencing it also, a shortage of housing, a shortage, and you have a shortage of supply, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because there's a shortage of supply and there's many people trying to buy, um, then that raises prices. And so what's happened is you're saying that people really, the, the normal, I don't even want to say average, Canadian citizen is really priced out of the market. And so this is a way, I think, that Canada is trying to, by banning foreigners to buy anything for two years, they're assuming that the market will come down and that Canadians will be able to buy houses and they'll be more affordable. Is that, do I have that pretty accurately or? Yeah, I think that's the idea behind the policy. It's not going to happen. I mean, I don't see it happening. Nobody sees it happening that way. It's just, too little, too late, really, and it's just not really going to be effective. And when it comes to New York, you guys have probably way higher household incomes, I'm guessing. I mean, yes. I'm sure you, yes. right? You've got great jobs. You've got head offices, you know, big companies. We don't have that. We are basically kind of a resort town almost. Like we're, We attract a lot of wealthy people because the living here is tremendous. It's wonderful. But we don't have that kind of commerce that you have. So that's what makes us the freak show is the San Francisco, <laughs> the San Francisco house prices and the Kansas City income. Right. So it just doesn't make any sense. So anyone I've talked to from Canada agrees with you uh, and says this is not going to work. Um, no. So do you do you see I mean, not that, you know, you have a crystal ball, but do you see them changing this or do you see them leaving the band for two years? 
I'm guessing they'll probably see it through for two years. I mean, there's so many exemptions. From what I hear, the only um, the one impact it's had is in getting funding for big projects. A lot of developers have apparently relied on foreign investment um, to develop, I, I think, quite big projects. So I think they're complaining that you know that's a problem. Uh, but I don't think it's really going to affect you know foreign money coming into our market. I, I just don't. It's going to continue to come in. And as somebody pointed out, you know, you can turn off the taps, but the bathtub is still full. We've got lots of foreign money already here. And that money is just going to continually reinvest. And uh, we'll always have this affordability crisis. And there's always this argument if you build more. And I interviewed a developer in New York, Jonathan Rose, and he yes. said the same thing. He's, and he builds affordable housing. I think he has a fund or something set up. But he said, you know, I've heard that argument for all my life, and it just doesn't happen that way. I mean, if you've got a lot of investors in the market, you can build a lot of housing, but it's going to be bought up by investors and then rented out at a high amount or flipped or whatever. So, I mean, there has to be some kind of intervention where you create truly affordable housing. Otherwise, you know, you do end up like Monaco, where you've got a whole bunch of wealthy people living in a resort town, and you're service workers are busting it in every day um you and you know we don't want to become that city we want to be a fully functioning city uh, yeah no i don't blame you it, it says that violators whether it's an attorney or let's say a real estate broker that helps somebody find a property in canada they're going to have a ten thousand dollar fine and they're going to be finding people, and they say that money is going to go to affordable housing. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think that's a, uh, a permanent solution to get affordable housing. So no. So does anybody? Does anybody coming up with anything different, or is this just? Uh... Well, we, uh, you touched on the Hamptons, and in, so the provinces have their own housing policy, and in here in BC we have a empty house tax, empty housing tax. And it's also called the speculation and vacancy tax. And so you, if you're not living in that home for six months, at least six months in the year, you get slapped with an extra tax, something like, you know, 0.5% of the assessed value. Um, and that's quite, that can be quite a bit of money if the house well, is quite expensive. What I was so, thinking, look at people that, because, you know, I, I, I'm i not as familiar with Canada, but I kind of look at the Hamptons and truly say that, okay, that's a second home market. And a lot of people have second homes there and don't live in them six months. Maybe they live in them three months. And I think mm -hmm. that your ban was if they rented it for over six months, it was okay. But if they just used it as a second home, and let's just say parts of, upstate New York that are not far from the Canadian border, they might have second homes there. How will it affect those people who already have a second home and do not, because there was something that there was a vacant, I think there was a vacant tax or something that if you had a home yeah. and you had it and you didn't occupy it for over six months or have at least for at least that long that you'd be subject to that. Do you think that will cause people that have second homes there whether they be Americans or Chinese or whatever, to just let them go? Or what do you... What do you... I, I think that's happened. I have heard about that happening. People who might have a pied-a-terre and right. they only come to town once or twice a year, you know, they'd rather just give it up and pay this crazy extra tax. So there has been some of that. But if we're, if say you were to buy a place in Whistler, it doesn't apply to a, a resort town like Whistler. If you want to go and have a ski chalet there and keep it empty most of the year, you're not going to be taxed. And also, by the way, the foreign buyer ban does not apply to recreation properties. So they can still buy those properties. So, oh. yeah, so the Hamptons would be, you know, I think it's, it's a resort area, like, a, you know, a place where you go for vacation. Right. It wouldn't apply to that if that were in Canada. So they wouldn't oh. be sloppy. This is for people who have houses in the city and they're keeping them empty and they're, you know, are a lot of them and um, are partly occupied. Nobody really knows what's going on half the time. They just seem to be collecting dust. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and it's actually forced them to rent, in a lot of cases, rent those houses out and bring them back online. So it has been affected that way. 
And that's yeah, one well, effort that we've done. We have a commercial break, but maybe right after that you could wrap up and, and can and tell us what you kind of think is going to happen or um, if there's any opportunities or do you think it's just going to be stay for two years and then whatever happens, happens. I'm just curious. Um, we'll be right back. Um, we're talking about the ban on foreigners buying homes in Canada for the next two years. Mike Lendell and MyPillow are launching the new MyPillow 2.0 with a special buy one, get one free offer. The MyPillow 2.0 offers a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. The new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a, a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow knows core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. The new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. Machine washable and dryable with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee and made in the USA. Just go to the radio listeners page at MyPillow.com, use the promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on the new MyPillow 2.0, 800 651 Oh, seven, nine, eight. This is Dottie Herman, host of Ion Real Estate on AM 970, The Answer. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I have to tell you about. I have tried many products that have been on the market for many years. So that's why I'm so excited about Hemp Leaf. The Vanilla Passion Skin Cream is soft and the scent is so calming. The feel of my skin, well, it's just amazing. It's not at all greasy, and I can feel my skin perking up. The black soap was the most amazing surprise. It's smooth and creamy and makes my skin feel soft and hydrated. I am really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. Visit us at www.hempleaf.com. That's www.hempleaf.com. P-L-I-E-F dot com. Enter the word Dottie at checkout and receive 10% off. You're going to love it. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Yes. Hello. Okay. Yes. So we just want to wrap up with Kerry. So any tips or anything that you... Uh, you know, what do you? What is your synopsis? You think it'll just go on for the two years and then go back to normal again? Yeah, um, basically, I think so, Dottie. I think we're just gonna, you know, it'll be business as usual. I think it's still business as usual. I think that um, people are investing in, you know, uh, not just residential. They're investing in commercial and industrial real estate. There's all sorts of places that you can put your money and uh, right. So, right, and uh, make money, make a lot so of money. There's enough exceptions that if you really want to buy something in Canada, you can still do it. And I thought I read that it was um, that it was 
the band was like if you were over three, like if it was four families or five or six, it wasn't applicable. So there's a lot of exceptions. I'd love you to come mm -hmm. on and come back and keep us posted on how that's working. And uh, we don't want to discourage Americans who want to buy in Canada think that it's absolutely impossible. Um, if you have any questions, um, you can send them to us, and I'll sure to get Carrie to try to answer them for you. But, it, you know, there's still ways to invest, even though there is a ban. It might be a little bit more difficult, but there's always probably a way to get around it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So thank yeah. you so much, and uh, I hope you'll come back on and keep us posted. I sure will. Thank you so much. You have a yes. great day. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you, too, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you. So we have some time, and I wanted to talk about something that I really, really believe in. First of all, everyone asks me questions like, oh, Dottie, should I buy now? And my answer is, there's never there's there's always a good time to buy. It's never bad. It's employing different strategies in different times. Now I kind of think that if you really want to be a buyer and you want to be a successful buyer, you really have to stick with it, and you have to be on it, and you have to really give it a lot of time, and get a good broker. Very important broker that's local that knows that market. And as I said last week, when somebody calls you and says there's new material and there's new material out, make sure that you go out and see it. I mean, don't wait three or four days because really good stuff doesn't last that long, even though, I mean, probably the average things stay on the market for about, ah, I would say 60 days, 90 days at best. Some of the really great things come right away. And if you're a seller and you just put your home on the market, my advice to you, and I've seen very many sellers, they put their home on the market, they get a really good offer right away. And of course, that's the job of a realtor to get you an offer right away in the quick, quickest time possible. And then they say, oh, well, maybe I got this offer so quick. I got a full price so quick. Maybe you didn't price the house right. So maybe I won't take it. Uh, maybe I'll just wait and see if I can get more. Or maybe I'll make the price higher. And some of those people never get that price again. So let me say this. If you, if you are new on the market and you get a price with a good price, with very good, with good terms, of course terms are just as important, don't, don't. Seriously, don't think about not taking it, Okay. Because a solid deal is a solid deal, and you never know what's going to happen. If you really want to buy a house and you're a buyer, um, then I would give you these tips. Don't lowball to the point that you can't justify it. In other words, you know, we, we, we've gotten a little bit more inventory. Um, I have to say that inventory has grown a little bit. Uh, we still have uh, under supply. I would tell you in the uh, in the New York metropolitan area, the first two, the first two, um, the first month or two was kind of slow, but we really see business this really picking up, and we expect to have a very busy spring. So, if you go to see a house and you place a reasonable offer, don't try to like completely lowball it and if you are if you are lowballing it uh, boiling it then have a justification in other words have the broker maybe have a a list of properties that sold that are similar that sold for less or if there's something that's you know maybe it doesn't have a garage something but have a reason and when you're presenting the offer, and I always tell you to use a broker because it's very hard to negotiate for yourself, but present your pluses first. In other words, if you start out negotiating with a seller with all negatives, like your price is too high, the bedroom is too small, well, you're going to close the seller down. They're not even going to be listening. So 
you want to start off with the positives about the home. Yeah, like it's got a great bedrooms, it's got great size bedrooms, it's I love the area, and so the the, the homeowner is open and, and listening. And then as you go on, however, there's a few minor things that we think um, could that we could use a, an adjustment for because of, and then go on. You should always, if you're a buyer, check the data. Knowing the market's list-to-sales price ratio can be a great way to tell if an offer doesn't stand up to scrutiny. So it is important to know that in the neighborhood, homes are selling, you know, what they're selling for. So in other words, if they're listed, you know, how close to list price are they selling for? And your broker can get all that information from you from the MLSs. Um, are people offering 15% less and getting that number to be accepted? Or are, they, or are they getting pretty much close to ask price? Those are things you should know. Um, and, you're, and if you have a good broker, they have all that data. That's why I always suggest to use a broker. They really know what's going on in the market. Um, put yourself in the seller's shoes also. Think to yourself, how is the seller might react to a weak offer? Okay, if you were the seller, would you accept this offer? If the answer is no and you wouldn't even accept your own offer, then why would they? Okay, so, you know, if you're going to make a low offer, you, you've got to have some, some, some data, some evidence, or maybe some terms. Like you might have, uh, and your broker would know this, you might have a seller that's husband's relocated, has a job relocation, and he had to leave. That's how I bought my, one of my first houses. Um, I don't want to say I stole it, but I got a decent price because the seller, I found out from the broker I was using, even though I was a broker, I used a broker, uh, that, her, that the husband had already taken the new position and he was already relocated. And the woman had two children, two young children, and she was, you know, she didn't want to be there anymore. She wanted to be with her husband. She didn't want to be alone. So she wanted to get out of there quickly. So what I did was, you know, I offered her a good offer. I didn't lowball it to like any extreme, but I, I took some money off it. And I, but I made the terms good. I said, we are pre-approved for a mortgage. When you, when you, when you make the deal with us, you know that your, your home is sold and we'll be able to move in within a month. Um, and so to her, that term was really key where maybe somebody could have offered her maybe a little bit more, but they wouldn't be able to move in for three or four months. And to her, it was important for her to be back with her husband. So that's also important that when you're, when you're dealing with a seller, um, you know, if the broker, you know, you should know what's important to them, and the broker usually knows that. Um, so that's also very important. And... You know, you know, you put yourself in their shoes, and if it's truly what you love, and you, fall, you know, this happens. You walk into a home, and you know, this is nice, this is nice, but I don't like this. And then all of a sudden, you walk into a home, and it's you just feel it. You walk in, and it's you, and you love it. Okay. Well, then try to put an offer close to the asking price unless you find out that the house is way overpriced and that you would work with your broker with. I also think as a seller, you should go to open houses around your area because if you're a seller, your, your competition is what else is for sale in the area that's similar to yours and maybe you'll say, oh, well, I have a better kitchen or I have a better this, but it's a good idea for you to be in reality and say, what can somebody buy in this area? Don't jump area to area because that doesn't work. In this area, in this school district, what's my competition? And I often tell sellers to go to some of those open houses and just see what they're competing with because they're going to see what a buyer is also going to see. And then they can see how their house stacks up to it. And your broker really has a good sense. And when you pick a broker, make sure you pick a broker who knows how to negotiate. Because negotiation is tricky. And um, 
it's an art, and I think that it is so important that you have brokers that know how to negotiate because you can get somebody really mad and turn them off by not negotiating right. We're going to continue this. I think we have a quick break coming up, and then we'll continue some of the tips for sellers or buyers. Make sure to tune in this and every Saturday at noon to hear the lead guy, Nick DeMauro, Executive Director and CEO of LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, speak with experts, educators, and law enforcement about important issues affecting you and your children. Catch the new show, Battling Drugs and Violence, with the lead guy on AM 970 The Answer for topical information and insights from experts waging the battle against drugs and violence in your community. Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that thinking about helmets with faces on them. I should get a new helmet. Ooh, maybe I'll get one of those ones that looks like a face with painted teeth and eyebrows, you know? Oh, that always looks so cool. People are like, whoa, is that a person with two faces? Oh, no, it's a helmet. And one face. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, this is Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman and host of Eye on Real Estate on AM 970 The Answer. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I have to tell you about. I've tried many products that have been on the market for many years, so that's why I'm excited about Hemp Leaf. The Vanilla Passion Skin Cream is soft and the scent is calming. The feel on my skin, well, it's just amazing. Okay, it really plumps up. It's not greasy. And my skin just perks up and it's just so healthy and youthful looking. The black soap, while it may look less than inviting, was the most amazing surprise. It's smooth and it's creamy and makes my skin feel soft and hydrated. And of course, that's what you want. You want hydrated skin. I'm really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line which I know they're working on with some exciting things and sharing my thoughts with you. I would never put anything on my body that I wouldn't put in it. So you should visit them at hempleaf.com. So that's www.hemplief.com. And if you enter the word Dottie at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off the price. AM 970 The Answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine, and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radiosurgery in the Western Hemisphere, treating thousands of patients covering nearly every size, site, and type of cancer, large and small, primary and metastatic. Listen to Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970 The Answer. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and I'm talking about some basic rules to buying and selling that I think sometimes we just take for granted and don't go over enough. And um, sometimes little things can make a big difference. So let me talk, we were talking about if you're buying, and um, I'm also talking about if you're selling. Now, if you're selling, uh, the first thing you have to do if you're selling is break up with your home. Oh, if you think that everyone is going to love your home as much as you do, 
you're probably wrong. I mean, some people will love it. Some people won't like it at all. If you've done, you know, various upgrades and things and you may think, oh, I love this. Again, everyone's different. So the reality is tame your emotions and your ego. Uh, don't feel so attached or be defensive if somebody criticizes something. Uh, because, And that's why we recommend when there's an open house that the seller is not there because sometimes they'll get defensive and, and also because sometimes the buyer will talk more and will not say things in front of the seller and will talk more to their broker about it. And if they, if they find a, an objection while they're in the house and just the broker's there, the broker probably can cover that objection right then and there. So before you list your home, break up, okay, with your home. Then you need to remove personal items, okay? You want that seller, the buyer, the future buyer, to picture themselves in the house. And it will help them make a better mental picture. So, you, you know, you want to take a lot of the personal stuff. You know, as I said last week, if you have magnets with all your kids' homeworks on it and, the, you know, shopping lists and a lot of personal tchotchkes and knickknacks, clear it. You know, if you have a lot of furniture in the house, the house always shows better with less. So even if you have to put it into storage or you have a, a neighbor or a relative that you could put it in, try to keep the house as simple as possible, removing personal items. And uh, the house should remain decorated enough to look inviting, but devoid of personal items, even family photos. Maybe you want to leave one or two, but... Not every, you know, but, but you shouldn't have, they should want to see themselves, not you. To detach from your home is, is usually hard, but it will give you the distance and perspective to make good decisions. While other sellers are still struggling to accept the realities of the market and making time-consuming mistakes, you will be able to make an accurate comparison and make yours the most attractive deal on the first try. So as I said, clear out. Any extra things, if you have a lot of furniture, get it out. Have less is more. If, it, you know, I always recommend if it's not newly painted, get a fresh coat of, you know, maybe an off-white paint, something that's very neutral, okay, that anybody will like. If you have older rugs, rip the rugs out. Um, if you have wooden floors, you might want to just do them once over again. Um Listen to your broker. Your broker will be able to tell you. They're professionals and they know. So their advice is key. And they will help you if there's anything that they think that you should do. Don't assume that the buyers will see the potential. House hunters will men mentally chip away at your asking price for each floor that they spot. So... Try to take care of any little things that are, I'm not saying to put a new kitchen in, okay? But if there's like a water, if let's say you had a leak down the basement and there's a water stain, maybe you want to cover it. Uh, make sure all the windows are sparkling clean. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if you, you want your, your house to glow. You want your house to just, you know, glow. And so what happens if there's too many repairs, the homeowner, the buyers will say, well, look, this is not kept up and this is not kept up. Maybe there's a lot of mistakes. So um, I suggest, again, it's not a lot of money. Put new carpets or actually do the floors over again. Do your windows. Um, if you'd like on your, uh, in your kitchen, I'm not saying to put a new kitchen in, but kitchens are big selling points. You might, if you have old-fashioned, you might want to just take some of the hardware and change it. That's very inexpensive to do, to put like a, a modern look, look latch or something. Uh, again, if your countertops are ugly or old or 20 years old and it dates it, then, you know, you might want to look at the price. You don't have to get anything expensive. It's just something that's neat and clean. And remember something, a home, you know, when you come with a price, a home is worth, you know, they say, oh, Dottie, like, what's my home worth? 
Well, a home is worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. Okay? So that's why I always suggest you see what's on the market. Now, if there's nothing on the market and you're in an area and there's no homes and there's very few and there's a shortage of supply, you're then what we call a seller's market and, you know, because there's not much and there's more of a demand, you probably will get more. If you're in a buyer's market, uh, you might get a little bit less. Uh, I think we're kind of in a, I don't know, I don't think we're in a buyer's or seller's market. I think we're kind of like in the middle. Um, and as I said, look at prices of similar homes, see how they compare and be objective. Go in there looking as if you were a buyer. Uh, and make sure that you price your home in a category that people, because people sometimes go on the computer and go up to a certain price. So make sure you price your home in a price range which your broker will help you where you're going to obtain the most buyers. Um, also, make sure the front of your home, because, you know, the appeal of the front of the house, when somebody sees a home and they like it from the front and they want to go see the inside, that means they accepted the location and they accepted the physical frontage of the house. So make sure that, you know, if you have a front door and it's not painted well, paint it nicely. If you let, you know, put some nice plants. I mean, it doesn't cost a lot. Put a few plants in if you don't have them. And, of course, if you have a back and you're in a residential home and you have a yard, make sure the, the grass is cut. And if you have, you know, sometimes we, we tend to take junk and store it someplace, make sure you put it neatly away. And if you have a garage, put it in the garage. And make sure you keep your garage fairly clean. Okay? But um, first impressions make a big deal. Sometimes I suggest that you have, and I don't suggest it always, but if you're not sure if there's a lot of things wrong with your home, then you might want to have an engineer's report so that you can find out what's exactly wrong because a buyer is not going to nitpick over little things. But you want to make sure, like, you don't need a new roof, but if you need a new roof, you can either put a new one on or you can make an adjustment. You know, and you say, well, yes, I do need a new roof, and they're probably going to have an engineer's report, and if that comes up, then I'll deduct it off the price, which I think is probably a better way of doing it. Um, so those are kind of things that I would, I would tell you to do right away and then get a broker who knows the area and who knows and, you know, who has experience in selling homes in your area and take their advice because they know um, they know and always listen to offers. I said this last week and I'm going to say it again and again and again. There are sellers that say, if you don't get me this number, I don't even want to hear the offer. I don't even want to hear it. Don't even bring it to me. And when I hear brokers come back and say, well, the seller doesn't want to hear the offer. It's under the price they want to hear. Never do that. Um, a lot of people feel they have to negotiate. And a lot of people feel if they go into a home and then they pay the full price and they didn't even try to get it for cheaper, then they say, forget it, I didn't even try. So you don't know whether someone's going to come up or not. And some, some, some cultures and some people negotiating is part of their deal. So regardless of the offer, listen to the offer. Don't say, no, I don't want to hear it. A lot of times you'd be surprised how many people come up to the price or come up to some compromise where both homeowners and buyers will agree. Remember the terms. The terms are just as important in the price. I mean, if it were me, you know, you want to look and make sure they have a pre-approval. You know, obviously, if the prices are close and you, you want to take a person, the more down payment, that they have, the safer it is for you. Now, if someone's offering you a ton of money and they only want to put 5 or 10% down and they're giving you a lot more and you're not in a rush and you think you can take that chance, that's fine. But generally, um, the more down payment they have, the more secure they're going to get a mortgage. I sometimes ask, and I don't always, but sometimes 
you can ask the broker if they would do a, it costs, I don't know, uh, maybe $30, $40, a credit check. Okay, you want to have a credit check before you even go to contract. Because if their credit's not good, even if they have, unless they're paying all cash, you might mm -hmm. still have a problem. So you might want to get a credit check ahead of time. I think we're running out of time already. I don't know where it goes. Next week, I'm going to tell you how to make a billion dollars. I'm going to tell you how to make millions of dollars in real estate. And if you're just new at that, I'm going to teach you right from the beginning. Because most millionaires made a lot of it in real estate. So if you're new, I'm going to teach you right from the start on how you can make a lot of money in real estate investing. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Portions of Eye on Real Estate sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. HyperScience seeks back-end engineers in New York, New York to wrap ML modules in reusable application components, which can be integrated in different configurations depending on the specific customer's needs. Salary, $178,000 to $215,000 per year. Telecommuting is available. Email resume to HyperScience with the subject reference BE323 to garth.taylor at hyperscience.com. This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for a memorable travel opportunity that will be a highlight of your life. Mike Gallagher and I are headed again back to Israel in October for the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll visit key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you may have only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details. We'll uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll set foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and much more. We'll have guides specifically for our group, lavish accommodations, and I will even broadcast my show from Israel. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel tour. Come with Mike Gallagher and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519, or just go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Killian and Leia, rely on us to provide what's best for them, a naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out rough greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to rough greens. I'm so confident that rough greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes. Your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to RUFFGreens.com. Do you want to send your child to a Christian school but are overwhelmed by the cost? Then AM 970 The Answer's discount tuition program may be right for you. The discount tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to a quality Christian school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We've partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area to help parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality, faith-based education. Here are just a few of the participating schools. Gateway Academy, Upper Room Christian School, Bergen County Christian 
Christian Academy. You can see the full list of participating schools at am970theanswer.com. AM970 The Answer is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. For more information on how you can send your children to a Christian school at half the cost of the annual tuition or how you can get your school enrolled in the program, go to am970theanswer.com or call 212-857-9630. That's 212-857-9630. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Listen to us anywhere. Tune in.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am970theanswer.com. Hi, folks. It's Arthur Idala of The Power Hour. Every night here on AM 970 at 6 p.m., we try to bring you a lot of fun, a lot of energy, with a lot of facts, a lot of inside scoop from the courtroom and from the streets of the city of New York with our special guests and our regular co-hosts, Sam Bellino, Joni, Alex, and whoever happens to be walking around the office. Tune in weeknights at 6 p.m. From the studios of AM 970, The Answer, on Broadway and Wall Street in Manhattan. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.